right. Well, welcome to the Two Cities Podcast. I'm John Dunn. And I'm Brandon Hurlbert. And today we're talking about balancing devotional life in the midst of a PhD. So, Brandon, you're currently in the UK at Durham University. Would you tell us a little bit uh, to start about the experience of being a PhD student and what that's like? Right. Um, So this is my second year in the UK, um, although it's the first year of my PhD. Uh, Last year I was I was kind of doing this. It was an integrated PhD, so it's uh, one year masters and a three year research. And so yeah. uh, last year was a bit more structured. Um, I had uh, four modules or classes uh, that you know went throughout the year, and uh, again, kind of gave some some rhythm and some uh, some good structure. You know, I had to. I actually had to show up to class. Yeah, um, more more like an American experience in terms yeah, of the American yeah. PhD program. Yeah, exactly. And um, so that finished, and then over the summer, I, I wrote a, a short dissertation, um, which ended in September, and then I kind of had a few weeks off, and then the PhD started in October, and the transition was. In one sense, it was a bit weird because it was freeing because I didn't have to yeah. have I didn't have to go to classes. I didn't really have right, to right really, which show is up. a hallmark of the British uh, PhD uh, philosophy of education. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like that's what most people want when you know they finish school. They're like, fine, I don't have to show up to class. It's great. <laughs> um, but then you're just kind of expected to be reading and continuing in your education. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pretty much on your own. I mean, you have a supervisor, and my supervisor's awesome, um, mm-hmm. but it's not like you meet with them every day or even once a week. It's kind of uh, whenever you schedule it. And, yeah. you know, I think um, the beginning of this year, I started working uh, at my church part-time, just filling in in mm. the office. Yeah. Um, and so I really didn't do much work for the first uh, month of my Ph.D., it was right. a really weird experience, uh-huh. uh, but then afterwards, and I, you know, you just jump in and kind of, I then basically sat at a desk and read for a whole month and yeah. until Christmas. There's a lot of uh, self-starting and kind of um, kind of self-direction that's like really needed in a British PhD, right? Because it's like this open-ended sandbox, and you can kind of go in so many different di- uh, directions, right? I mean, uh, what what's that been like uh, in terms of just kind of the weekly grind of it all. Yeah. Um, well, when I'm more productive than not, I yeah, yeah. wake up <laughs> I wake up at a normal time and uh, I, I have a desk in like a shared kind of open office space in town. So it gives me a, a I don't I cannot work at home. So I just Oh I agree. It's yep. terrible. So I have yeah. to go so walk into town, kinda get to my office, um, have some coffee, and yeah. then just kind of get on with whatever I'm working with, uh, yeah. whatever I'm working on. So I've done, this year I've been doing a lot of just kind of reading pretty widely, doing some reception history. Oh, um, yeah, great. So sometimes it looks like um, reading lots of really old dead people. Uh, sure, and, sure. Yeah. And so... Uh, that's basically my my uh, weekly rhythms yeah well what about um kind of your expectations going into the phd relative to kind of what the experience has been like uh 
for you? Um, anything, anything that uh, sort of was surprising or um, caught you off guard? Um, yeah, I, I, I guess the the amount of freedom that you have uh, in doing a PhD over here was a bit shocking. Like I said, it's pretty much everyone's dream to like stop going to classes, uh, <laughs> yeah. but. It, it is a really weird experience um, just having so much freedom and really not knowing what to do with it. Uh, yeah, and so yeah. uh, you then get all these wonderful ideas like I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I, you know, do Old Testament. So I'm going to read uh, the whole Old Testament in Hebrew. I, and I've mm-hmm. never done that. So, and I mm-hmm. probably won't do that. Um, but, you know, so it's like you get all these crazy ideas. Like I'm going to read so much stuff. And then you get to the office and you're like, Oh, this is this is kind of a grind. This is kind of this is this is work, and yeah, you can't right. physically do that. Right. You know, it, you have to take breaks. You have to get up and walk around. You have to. You can't just go. Uh, you know, forty hours a week. Just, I mean, I, at least I can't. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you can, John. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's. Um, I think that was a bit surprising. Of you know, it's not just, there is no, um, there's no easy way to get a PhD. It takes a lot of work and effort yeah, and a lot of right, reading right. Yep. and um, a fair amount of creativity of, you know, what you're choosing to read because mm-hmm. you can't read everything. So you have to kind of be selective of what you read and how you spend your time. Uh, and I feel like that's been a growing process. Um, I feel like I taught, I took Last year, I took a, a lot more breaks during mm-hmm. my day, uh, and mm-hmm. I feel like this year I've been learning to like, okay, no, just push through the lull, you know, keep reading. You need to stay on track here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And there are a lot of ups and downs in uh, the kind of the PhD process, right? And sometimes you you kind of catch a stride, and and uh, there's discovery, and and you're just really excited to write. And other days, it feels like you're just churning out garbage, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, um, n- you know, none of your writing is like, uh, n- you know, none of it really makes sense or none of it's as polished or as good as you want it to be. And do you find that kind of, uh, uh, I- experience kind of, you know, ringing out where, where it's like, yeah, some days it's like, this is just fantastic. And other days it's like, yeah, this is, this is brutal. <laughs> Yeah, and in England, it really coincides with the weather. You know, if it's oh, sunny yeah. out, <laughs> totally. I I feel much better about my life, but I get right. no work done. And right. if it's uh, cold and wintry and rainy, then yep. I I get a lot of work done, but I I don't like my life. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think there's seasons. Like I said, you can't you know, you have to take breaks, and because basically you're just going, you know you have about three years to finish a big dissertation. Yep. Everyone does it differently. And so there are months where I find myself being really productive, like scary productive. I'm like, this great. is probably unhealthy, but man, it yeah. feels great. That's and awesome. then uh, that, that was like, my, that was, that was like the month of March for me. Uh, oh, April, excellent. Excellent. April, I've done nothing. I've, <laughs> I've like tried, I've gone into, I've gone into work. I've sat down, I've tried to read and I'm like, I'd much rather talk to someone right now. Yeah. Uh, and then I distract my, my office mates and they probably dislike me for it, but I think it's good for them. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. 
Well, yeah. So, so the PhD process is, um, you know, one of discovery and one of, uh, you know, pitfalls and 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 you know, high peaks and low valleys and all sorts of things going on emotionally. It's a stressful time. There's also a lot of, um, you know, uncertainty and and at times there's a there's a sense of inadequacy, right? Uh, we all kind of experience this in in the process, um, and you know, it's referred to commonly as imposter syndrome, right? And it's something that everybody experiences in the PhD process. Um, and I and I I personally think it has a lot to do with the fact that as academics we are constantly in critique mode and we're receiving criticism, and so I think we're we're um, kind of constantly um, skeptical of our output, you know, and because we are in the mode of critiquing things all the time, right? And so we're very critical of, of ourselves. And I also think as we continue to learn and grow, we are so much more mindful of what we don't know and how vast, like, the kind of you know, potential knowledge is like God's knowledge of things, you know, versus our knowledge of things. We're, I think we're just increasingly more, more aware of that. Um, wh- what have you kind of uh, felt about the, that, that kind of, that aspect of PhD process? Cause I think a lot of people, um, you know, thinking about the PhD and thinking about uh, PhD in theology might uh, already have the imposter syndrome or feel that kind of like, oh, it's not really for me. I don't think I could, you know, uh, hack it. When, when in reality, everybody doing a PhD feels that way, right? Yeah. No. I, yeah. I think when, at least for at least in my experience, when I was an undergrad, yeah. I pretty much thought I knew everything. No, not okay. everything. Like I knew that the, the, the pool of knowledge was a bit wider than what I had. But it wasn't uh-huh. much wider. Sure. And then getting, you know, doing a master's, um, I was beginning to realize I don't know everything, and that that pool of knowledge is a bit bit bigger than I thought it was. And now doing a PhD, I'm like, oh gosh, I know nothing. I know absolutely <laughs> nothing. Right. And so, and and it, it just I don't know. Thinking about you know, the prospects of future jobs, and you know, you hear people talk about either the courses that they are TAing for or the courses that they're teaching or, you know, whatever they're doing, you think, I can't do that. Hmm. There's no way. I don't know anything. And that's not really true. I, you know, I think everyone, well, not everyone, but I, I think a lot of people get the imposter syndrome and that kind of just wears them down and they just start believing that they actually don't know much. Hmm. And then you, you know, catch them at lunch and you're like, you know, share some thoughts on this thing and then they can go off for an hour about it. And you're like, that's Mm. crazy. But at the end of it, they'll just think that they're dumb. And you're like, you're not dumb. You're really smart and you're really intelligent. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's both, uh, I I guess, uh, learning to grow in humility Mm -hmm. uh, of learning like, hey, you actually can't talk intelligently about everything, you know? Right. I, when it comes to maths and sciences, I am an idiot. I, there, I I know a lot of people who are, you know, doing PhDs and maths and and sciences and Lord bless them. We need them. I, I sound like an idiot when I talk to them. (laughs) Uh, So, but, but, but when it comes to talking about the old Testament, they don't know much. They haven't studied it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so when we talk about it and they're asking me questions, it's, it's actually this moment of like, oh, okay, like, yeah, I don't know everything, but this is where God has me. This is what he's yep. called me to, and yep. I have to be faithful in this area. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess just learning to grow in confidence, but also kind of retain that humility of, of saying, I don't know everything, but right. I, I don't need to constantly beat myself up and think that I don't belong and think that I, uh, I don't, you know, I shouldn't be here. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, a PhD is a calling and yeah, you have yeah. to have uh, both faith in, in God who's called you yeah. to this position, yep. but also yep. faith in the, uh, in the university. They, they've said, yes, you belong yeah, here, so right, we should right, probably right. trust them exactly. um, and your that's supervisor great, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's great. And, and um, that, that is a good segue, too, I think, to um, thinking about, from thinking about uh, how stressful and kind of up and down a PhD can be and then uh, anchoring that devotionally um, with uh, scripture and our reflection and meditation upon it. Um, any, anything you'd like to share about uh, just what, what that is like, especially in terms of the busyness of, of one's you know, life during the PhD process and making time uh, devotionally for uh, reflection and meditation upon Scripture? Yeah. No, and I think, I think those of us who um, have the opportunity to study theology or uh, do biblical studies, I think it's really difficult for us uh, yeah. because, you know, you go into work, you probably are working eight, nine hours out of the day, and what are you doing? You're, you're reading the Bible or you're studying yeah. theology. And it can right. be really tempting to be like, actually, I don't need an awesome devotional life because I read the Bible every day. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, anyone who's doing a PhD or wants to, and like, you have to realize that you don't actually read the Bible for eight hours a day. Sometimes, some days you do. Yeah. Other days you're reading about like assassinations yeah. in the ancient Near East. Yeah, or, right. Exactly. You, you're reading about things. random yeah. things yeah. Yeah. in history or in language and learning, you know, lots, you know, reading a bunch of uh, lexicons and trying to do yeah. things like, like that's not, that's not engaging your soul in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. You're not being formed spiritually by learning about, you know, ancient Mesopotamia. Like that's not what's happening. Um, and, and I think you can forget that because it is, you know, you're, you're, you're studying this for a purpose to like bring it back yeah. to the text or see how it interacts. Um, but that itself is not necessarily uh, formative for mm-hmm. you, um, spiritually formative. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, it's really easy to slip into those kind of rhythms of like, you know, not really, um, not really praying, kind of neglecting mm-hmm. um, your own kind of devotional reading of scripture uh, where you turn off that really hypercritical biblical studies or theological <laughs> studies kind of mindset. And you're just reading the text and you're just wanting to hear God yeah. speak to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine uh, balance because on the one hand, um, at least speaking personally, you know, I, I, I want my academic work to have a devotional quality to it, and I want my devotional life to ha- to be informed by some of the academic things that I've learned, right? And so, it's like, on the one hand, it, 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 it you know maybe like when we talk about kind of like um, 
presuppositions and biases, right? On the one hand, it's like, okay, we cannot be uh, strictly speaking objective, right? And we, we bring so much to the, to the table when we're talking about anything, right? And I, and I feel like we, at least, at least for me, I know I have been shaped so much by um, my studies that uh, it's inevitable that I can't shut that stuff off, right? And so I, on the one hand, I, I, I don't assume that I can. And so I, like I said, I, I try to try to think about it in that kind of um, integrative way where it's like, okay, my, I want my academic life to be devotional and I want my devotional life to to um, have, you know, that, that quality of like, I'm thinking rigorously, not, not in a way that's uh, devoid of spiritual um, vitality, but in a way that, that says that this actually can uh, um, be integrated. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a tricky thing. I think we all wrestle with it and reflect on it in different ways, but um, this is how I've kind of uh, tried to tried to look at it. I, d- I don't know if you have any additional thoughts on that. Yeah, no, and I think you're right. You you can't you can never really turn it off. Mm-hmm. But maybe think of it like uh, you know a volume knob or a nerdy sure. a nerdy sure. knob. Oh, sure, sure. And you kind of you're at an eleven when you're doing a PhD. Sure, right? sure. <laughs> it's, it's yep. one more. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, but you you know turning it down to you know a nine or a five like that would just sure. be you know more spiritually formative. I, I feel sure, like I got sometimes I, I I'm reading a text you know I'm, I'm reading something devotionally, um, and I I'm you know I'm reading it in obviously English because that's better for me, uh, more easier <laughs> for me to do. Sure. Uh, sure. But then I, you come to a word and you're like, what does this word mean? Yeah. What is it you know what is it in Greek? Yeah. What is it in Hebrew? And then yeah. I think there are times in a devotional context that it's actually probably you should go look that up. You should, mm-hmm. you know, pull out BHS, pull out uh, mm-hmm. NA28 and just 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 go for it. Just look what what is the text saying? Because it's going to help you actually, you know, experience the text uh, mm-hmm. in a way that you wouldn't. But other times, and I think we we kind of have a gut feeling about it. Other times you just want to look it up because you're you're curious and because you're because you're nerdy because you're nerdy and and that's not bad yeah yeah. but you if your goal is to be spiritually formed to hear god speaking to you like that then sometimes you just guess it well that's a great question i'm gonna do that save that for another time i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna do that in my office yeah right now i'm on my couch or i'm you know i'm I'm at the park or something sure no that's good that's good um how, how about we we talk about um particular like practical things that that we can maybe reflect on um you know practices uh advice recommendations tips you know for thinking about um especially you know somebody who's interested in a phd or is currently doing a phd in theology um or is balancing life as a you know a scholar um and 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 is a you know a practicing christian thinking about these things about Okay, how, how, how do we integrate um, our academic lives and our devotional lives? Yeah, um, I think, I mean, there's, many, I th- there's so many things. Um, I think one of the more important ones is having um, a meaningful engagement with a local church. Um, mm, yep. I can't stress that enough, is that... Yep. I just think it's really important to have a small group, people who aren't doing PhDs yes, in biblical yes, studies. Yes, that's a good point. <laughs> you yes. know, 
Durham, I mean, I don't know how it is, how it was at St. Andrews, but in Durham, you know, a lot of people at our church uh, and who are in our small group, um, they are doing PhDs, they are post-grads, but they also have, they're doing, they're studying maths and sciences and the conversation is very different. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. And and just having having time to, and, and having space where you can, you're like, you're not just talking about what you're studying, you're actually talking about movies and life yeah, and how yeah. god is working and yeah. what you need prayer for yeah um yeah fine so you know getting into a, a meaningful community at a, a, a christian community at a church mm-hmm. um finding ways maybe you can serve um mm-hmm. sometimes that yep. i mean sometimes yep. that'll look very academic uh in some uh capacities other times you might just be showing up to the potluck bringing some good food or serving communion or yeah it, it, it yeah various ways um that that could look I, I think that's a really great point uh about engaging scripture with those who aren't um you know thinking about it at the same level and who are asking different questions and who are thinking about the text um in in more explicitly practical ways about their life as uh, you know, uh, an engineer or a plumber or, you know, like or a teacher or, you know, um, a fireman, whatever the case may be. I think, yeah, I think that's a really great, really great point about engaging scripture with God's people. That's a, that's a really great point. Yeah. And, and it's a really, really interesting experience because you, you, I think you could do that one of two ways. You can do it really well, or you could do it really poorly. Um, yeah. Oh, I, yes, of course. <laughs> you could, you, you could come into the small group Yep, and, and own the place and yep. be like i know all the answers <laughs> and that wouldn't be helpful that would be spiritually deformative for you right because that would just be that yeah. just be pride right but you could do it yeah. in a way where you want to read this this text and I, this this small group that i'm in a number the the guy who leads it is also doing phd in theology but the his level of his humility just like really uh, shows mm, itself as mm, uh, mm, that he mm. treats everyone, whether they're undergrad, post, whatever, um, equally. And that he really, you know, we really want to hear everyone's input and thoughts. Mm. And, and there's been a lot of really interesting um, ideas that have come out from people who aren't doing theology. You know, are, they're just mm-hmm. they're just Christians reading right, scripture. Right, right, right. No, that's great. That's great. Um, what about? Um, personal habits, um, you know, ways of, uh, finding time in your day or, um, you know, maybe, maybe some reading plans or, or, um, other ways of maybe engaging scripture, um, that, that might be beneficial. Anything either that, that, uh, you'd, you'd recommend or that you are, you know, currently doing or would like to do or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, I, try to basically before going into the office just spend time in in prayer mm-hmm. and spend time uh reading uh usually you know short sections um when uh term is around because basically durham kind of just shuts down where there's no students oh, here sure yeah <laughs> so um i get some some guys from uh church and people i know um and you know we meet once a week, and we we've we've done this uh, this year, and we've just selected um, uh, first the first 
term in, in the fall, we, we did the minor profits. Um, oh, that's and beautiful. So we just, yeah. we just look, basically we were like, you're, you're a Christian, you've been a Christian for a while. Same here. Let's read texts that we wouldn't normally read. Like let's, yeah. sorry, let's not read Galatians or Romans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? no, I understand. Um, and just like, let's read these things and just take, we just took a book a week. Yeah. Um, so and if it was longer then we'd take two weeks and just read and meditate on it you know, mm-hmm. um, basically as much as you want. I just did it, you know, during the week, during the weekdays. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, and we just met up and chatted about it and it was like, what did you like? What were you surprised about? You know, just those normal yeah. Bible study kind of things, but it was really great. cool opportunity to, um, not just read, not just like read this text either quickly or mm-hmm. read it to like, comprehend all the things that are going on but really just meditate on it and say what's mm-hmm. the what stood out to you um mm-hmm. this past uh term we went through um the catholic epistles yeah and it was a really cool opportunity to just read these texts very slowly i mean you yeah. know you spend a week on you know two john it's not it's not a lot there uh you you really get into it and you really are are praying through the scripture and um seeing what's what's standing out and it was it was a really interesting thing for me um in i think it's one peter maybe it might be two peter um where it talks about you know in these last days be disciplined in prayer and Mm -hmm. i just realized like I have literally no idea what dis. I mean, I have some idea, but I have no idea, no yeah, real idea yeah, what it I means gotcha. to be yeah. disciplined in prayer. Right. And so then, from that, you know, bought a book on, uh, bought uh, Richard Foster's yeah, book on prayer. A, yeah, right. Yeah. And I just read, and then I kind of paired that with my uh, Bible reading, and mm. it was awesome. It was great. 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 But yeah, I, I I try not to be too programmatic about my devotional time because sometimes mm. some, some seasons like, yeah, I don't know, re- reading lots or, you know, reading a book, like it works and in other mm-hmm. seasons it, it doesn't. And I, it's, you, you don't, that's the cool thing about devotionals there. There's not really a wrong way to do it. Sure. You know, the wrong way yeah. to do it is to not do it. So right. if that's you do good. it, then yeah. you're, you're already there. It's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that point about um, you know reading the minor prophets and the Catholic epistles and and uh, you know these texts that um, you might not normally like that point that you made. Um, that's one of the reasons why I like reading through the daily office lectionary um, because it it has a uh, a rhythm of you know reading the Psalms and have, having readings from you know both testaments and um, I I really like that and I also I also like knowing that you know this is part of a broader tradition of of you know there are other Christians who are reading this these texts today you know and I that that I find very fruitful uh for reflection and and um just knowing that there's there's some thoughtfulness behind the pairings um and um and also that that point about if if it were just up to me I might you know privilege certain texts and I might go back to certain ones and I and so to your point I I I agree with that it's great to have some kind of um, something that pulls us to to the the whole of Scripture and not just our like favorites or you know whatever you know because we 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 can tend to kind of have our you know have our favorites and all of that but uh, yeah no that's good um, and I think another 
thing that I've been trying to do more. I did it a, a bit when I was uh, at Talbot, uh, but uh, doing some kind of spiritual direction. Um, yeah. So here in Durham, I'm really fortunate. There's a, a priory, so there's a, basically a community of people who do lots of very spiritual things. <laughs> and so yeah. some of it is a bit wonky in my mind, but uh -huh. others, other parts of it is just wonderful and is super great. So I meet... I have a spiritual director, and so we meet up, um, you know, every six weeks or so, and we just chat about whatever, basically whatever. And so it's been really cool to have this mm. person who's not, you know, not connected to my church, not connected to the universe, like doesn't know anything about my life um, outside of what I tell her. Mm. And having that time to just process how uh, God is working uh, mm. in my life and where do I see him? Where do I mm. not see him and how to navigate those, those issues? Um, mm. Mm. It's just been really good uh, to have kind of a, like a sounding board and a person to process through things mm -hmm. uh, and who, who's kind of a bit at a, a bit of a distance who can give um, a really interesting perspective and, and, and some interesting uh, wisdom uh, to mm. to whatever I'm going through. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and I think this has been a, a really helpful discussion to think about how, you know, the, the Ph.D. process, which can be a very isolating and, um, you know, at times uh, depressing, either because of the imposter, imposter syndrome or because of the, the grayness of the weather in the U.K. for those who are interested in a British Ph.D. Uh, so it can be isolating. It can be uh, depressing. It can be difficult and stressful. And so um, it's, you know, helpful to think about ways in which, you know, the, the Ph.D. process can be vibrant and fruitful uh, in terms of our uh, devotional lives especially so that's uh that's great um great great chat there and good to hear some some of those things that you've been up to so all right well that was a great chat it's good to catch up with you brandon and uh, we'll chat with you later yep see you soon cheers like more engagement of theology, culture, and discipleship from the two cities, you can find us on Facebook or visit us at our website at thetwocities.com.